Hello, James here. Welcome to my podcast. So what are you listening to? You're listening to a show that I call Catching Up, where literally I get together with people that I've met over the years and we rekindle things. We have a conversation about where we were and where we're going and what's going on in our lives. And I also put these up with my friends over at Podaholics. What differs here is you get a little bit of the pre-roll, so you get a little bit of the pre-conversation. Kind of fun, kind of silly. Who am I talking to today? Oh, you're going to love this. Sonny Landeros. Sonny and I met on the American, the Emirates American Football League pitch field here in Dubai. We both had boys playing American football. And at the time, Sonny was a popcorn magnet. She had brought the best of Texas popcorn to the UAE, and she had a great business. And she's evolved. She's a dreamer. She's got lots of things on the go. When ideas are hot, they're hot. And when they take a turn, she ducks and dives. You're going to love this conversation. It's me, it's Sunny Landeros, and we're catching up. Here we go. Action, we can make this audio. <laughs> so Mackenzie, so I'm going to, we're going to have to get Mackenzie in at one point and just have her talk about all this stuff. Mackenzie is absolutely amazing. So she is doing her little princess business yeah, yeah. where she dresses up as all the different princesses yeah, and yeah. goes and does birthday parties and she loves the little kids and she loves their reactions. And yeah. even during the pandemic, she was doing like video calls oh, and man. it was so amazing because some of the kids that were having trouble with like online schooling. Yep. She was saying to the parents, like, listen, get in touch with me and I'll do a 10 minute video call. And so Elsa was telling them to do a little bit better in nice. school to try to do this. And it was really, really cute. And it oh, was I really know. good. We got to do a podcast with her. Yeah. Um, if I could take over, like my goal in life to take is, over Texas. is to take over Texas. Um, <laughs> and so I want to take it over. I want to revamp education to where... The public schools have, you know, much more education and real practical knowledge. Yeah. And then forget university and college anymore, because yeah. the issue I have with it is unless you're going to be a heart surgeon, you can learn everything on YouTube. Yeah. You know, college and university was before we had a shared knowledge base mm. where you could actually learn something. I'd rather spend, I'd rather be in a plane with a pilot that's only learned about flying rather than had to take two courses of chemistry and English and literature. Like that doesn't, yeah. I'd rather be focused. And I think it's oh, such a waste of money for some of these kids that go into low paying careers because yeah. they love it. Yeah. A teacher. Yeah. Why do you have to go <laughs> to university to be a teacher? Like learn the things that you want to learn yeah. and have, I think there should be like courses. I think it should all go back to, Remember when there were trades and yeah. they were respected and we yeah. wanted to be a plumber. It's plumber's a good job. It's a great job. And listen, most of the plumbers I know are doing better than some of the doctors yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I, sounds well, good. So I, I, but I, I always forget how you pronounce your, your family. Is it Landeros or Landros? Landeros. I see. I thought it was Landeros as well. You can say it any way you want, though. Yeah, but I hate it when people mess up names and stuff you know you know i didn't know how to pronounce it for the longest time <laughs> and john kept telling me his name and then it was really funny nice like <laughs> <That's> by far <laughs> now we're good oh man cool okay let's do this okay here we go the show is catching up my name is james pikeway 
Joining me today, Sunny Landeros. And we go back. We haven't spoken about five years, you said. Maybe longer. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to talk now. We're going to catch up. We can and catch up on everything. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about branding. We can talk about yeah. you. We, we, In fact, we have been doing that already. Just kind of catching up on the family and figuring out what's going on. And all I kept thinking about was popcorn. That was another life you had. Then yes. event planning, which, you know, you were talking about your daughter and the cool things she does. And she's going to be on this show. I hope so. Uh, no, I think no, she she, it's it. not hope. It, it's a must because, and she can come in character. Maybe I can put on something too. It'd be fun. But, <laughs> but you know, when I was thinking about that and you were describing what she's doing, I'm going, well, that's no different than the kind of stuff that you started off doing with event planning and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, what would a Texan do anyway? You know, it's like make a splash. I think it's incredible how everything relates to one yeah. another. And I didn't even realize my passion for branding and marketing came from events yeah. in the beginning and all of the events that we were doing corporate wise were branding and marketing events and communications and I didn't even realize that that was what I was actually <laughs> doing <laughs> even though I had a marketing degree yeah. I never realized I was using it at that point and now it's come full circle yeah. back and, and the family is just kind of and the kids they just kind of take pieces of it and they and away they go and it's kind of cool each one of them has done something related to it. And I loved the popcorn shop was a great opportunity to have teenage kids working in a business here. Child labor um, is one of my favorite things. It, it helped my bottom line a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they could they could work into the night no problem. Oh man! It, but you know when we when you think about all of the different things we've done, I mean, you want to back up a second. We met literally through EAFL, the yes. Emirates American Football League, which I have no idea if is it still even going. Like I know Dustin is doing stuff with recycling, or he was, and I know that the that I occasionally had seen posts. COVID kind of shut everything down, but uh, it, it just. I, I like to think that it great idea, American football, and obviously I had a son who played it, yeah. but it just never really caught hold here. I don't think it caught hold. And I think it was so sad that it didn't because yeah. what I did love the most was seeing that ragtag group yeah. of, of boys <laughs> from all over the world learning and playing American football. It was like watching a rascals rerun every week. And the little ones and to the men's team, it was yeah. just amazing. And I loved those Fridays. Yeah. Like I really miss those. I miss coaching my peewees. Yeah. Um, I missed that a lot. It was a lot of fun. It was a great time. And actually what a great group of people, not just the Americans, but it was good to have a connection that way. Yeah. But then everyone else and coming together and learning stuff. And, uh, yeah. like I miss those days yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And that was a huge thing. If my boys didn't have that, I think that would have been a huge miss for them. Being from Texas, you know, yeah. football is life. Well, then, and then you put us on to Friday Night Lights, the show, because you said, you know, you got to get context to this because you guys would all be there and there's a little bit of tailgating and things going to happen. In, and, you know, we're Canadian, right? So, yeah, we got the CFL and, yes, there's tailgating, but it's it's not football, you know, Canadian football is still football, but it's yeah. not the same culture where every school might have a football team and, and, you know, it's Friday night is football night. Oh. That's not at home. And so when well, we watch Friday night lights, you said, you got to watch Friday night lights. So we got addicted and you know, I'm going best. now I get it. We were watching now I get it. I mean, I remember football is 
legitimately part of my first memories really? of life. One of the first outfits I remember was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader pajama. <laughs> and the Cowboys are still my favorite team, okay. win or lose. But going through, and then I was a cheerleader in high school, which was expected. And my boys, I always, I mean, the minute I had sons, I knew they were going to play football. Like that's There's no, there's no option. There's no other choice. <laughs> that's their job. And so Max and Mason were playing since they were four in yeah. the States. When we moved to Dubai, I was really worried about how are they going to have that culture? Because yeah. in my town, we're from a small town and... But we didn't have money for air conditioning in the school one year, but we have an indoor AstroTurf stadium for football. No AC in Texas where it's hot, but we got AstroTurf indoors. Like, <laughs> football. Listen, football, that's all that mattered was those football games on Friday night. And the whole town shut down by five o'clock. Yeah. And everyone was at that game. Man. Tickets were sold out. And the school made most of their revenue off of football, yeah. the concessions, the everything. So football was huge. I wish it would have caught on more here. I still think there's a confusion because of the football. Yeah, I think the name and and I think, yeah, you know, people with concussions and stuff. Although, hey, you know, when you're playing soccer, a lot of heading, a lot of concussion stuff too. And I just think people just didn't get it. Maybe, maybe. And, you know, nothing against the American school. I have a son who went there, but they didn't play football there. They, they, they'd have no, they had no football rule. Because no. they were saying it was it was too much the you know too much hitting they they thought it promoted violence, and see I don't understand that because to me that is as American yeah. as you can get <laughs> and that's something that I think everyone should have the opportunity to be in. I was yeah. in every sport that I've ever played has a risk factor. Yeah. I rode horses, um, huge risk factor. Oh man! And I was a gymnast and. Oh my, I'm still paying for that, but, <laughs> but I needed it. And yeah. I have the most amazing balance that I don't know if that really matters that much, but <laughs> it makes me feel better. I, I, I mean, I, I was reading through your bio and that kind of stuff and, and the connection you have to this part of the world with your, your mother training Arabian horses. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow. That's, that's, that's the full draw. Even if it wasn't intentional to end up in the middle East, you did. And that's a, that's quite a nice connection. I never knew when I came here nine years ago now what this country would mean to me and, and what the opportunity was because I'd always had like a pull and, and my mom, my mom's one of the most amazing women I've ever known in my life. And I know you're supposed to say that because it's your mom, but my mom, if we were strangers, I would have the same amount of respect for really? her because my mom's the only woman I know that can go to a horse barn in all white clothes and come back with all white clothes <laughs> because my brother and I say that dirt is scared of her. Like we know better. I want to meet and, your mom. Oh, she's, she's trouble. She's absolutely amazing. And she has so much passion for the animals. And that was a career choice that many women not even many people made back in the time when she made that choice yeah. to be, but she fell in love with horses. She was in a book um, called All Those Girls in Love with Horses okay. by Robert Vavra, which is this amazing photographer. And she went into this because it was her passion. It didn't matter about the money. It didn't matter about anything. And, and the money came and went because yeah. when she first started, it, it wasn't 
a big money sport. And then I think when like Reagan was in office, there was a lot of politics kind of around it and there were tax breaks for Mm -hmm. Arabian horses and so it ended up becoming a bigger thing. And then we got into racing and endurance. And now she does farm management. Okay. And she still has an absolute love for every kind of animal on the planet. But she can look at a horse and it can look at her and they know each other oh, yeah. instantly. And that growing up with that, I hated not having neighbors. Like we lived 20 minutes from any real people outside of the farm yeah but i for i didn't realize until i was older what an amazing childhood i had because i could get up in the morning i could go get on a horse bareback and i could ride out on 1100 acres any direction i wanted with ponds and cattle and we could go fishing and i would come back when it started to get dark and there were times that i could just go out even in the dark lay on the back of my horse and look up and see just a trillion stars. Uh-huh. And you know what, you know what TV show you're describing? I mean, it's your mm-hmm. life. You could put you in. Have you, have you watched Yellowstone with Kevin Costner? I haven't. Oh, you, you, why not? I'll watch it. I mean, it is what you've described is the way they film that TV uh-huh. show. And I, I don't know. I think it's season two just ended. So maybe it's the second season. I mean, it's, it's kind of Dallas, but, where, where, where this is in, I, I forget, Minnesota, Oregon, somewhere, Colorado. I don't, I don't remember exactly which state it is, but it's just the, the beautiful filming, but there's, there's, you know, the cowboys, the, yeah. the ranch hands, the cowboys, the horses and that love of the horse and the, the big wide open space all catch captured. And if you like Kevin Costner, he's an old Kevin Costner. He's playing his age and he's, he's grumpy. He's surly. He's happy. He's a granddad. And it's just a fantastic show. Oh, I think he would be the sexiest version. Then oh, of him. Man. You know, just love the guy. I, oh. I, I just watched that. You could just watch him, you know, put it on pause. Just like, oh man, I want to be Kevin Costner. There's, you know, there's so many great shows out there that remind you of of so many things that you watch. And for me, my childhood and growing up like that was unreal. Well, because of you and Friday Night Lights, then when that show ended, we went on to Bloodlines because the main actor went in that show. So we had to watch Bloodlines because he was in there and, you know, phenomenal. (laughs) So five years of not sharing any TV shows. Now I'm hoping we catch up a little bit. Yeah, this is, we've got, we've got to have some good shows. And come, now I've got one off you. We'll keep going back and forth. Oh, it's amazing. But I'm, I'm so glad I ended up here. I couldn't. So what brought you here? Well, like what, you know, nine years ago. I mean, nine the- years ago, um, I was married to an amazing man and together. Still has no have- hair, right? Still has no hair, okay. but he, I tell him, I have to tell you the funniest story though. He's a very handsome man. Absolutely. I think he looks like if the rock and Bruce Willis had a baby, Oh, yeah. that would be, and that's, you know a, that's yeah. a big compliment. Yeah. For yeah. Me. You know what? I, I think you're right. I think that is kind of, he's got that Bruce Willis kind of look with his face and he's got the rock kind of shape. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, right, listen, right. I don't think too yeah. many people would say that about their now ex-spouse but he was a very attractive man and the funniest thing is madden our youngest one who's named after madden the football john madden (laughs) all the way because again (laughs) life is football when um when i was telling madden the other day i found a picture of john and they look 
Really? Like, I don't think that kid has any of my DNA. I'm not sure I'm his mom. He's a hundred percent John. And I told him, I said, man, I said, Madden, you look just like your daddy. Like you're so handsome. And he starts crying. Oh no. And I was like, Madden, your daddy's very handsome. Why do you not want to look at him? I don't want to be bald. <laughs> I was like, I think you're all right. I think you're safe. You have a good head of hair. Go far. Go far. Awesome. Poor kid. Poor kid's traumatized. <laughs> I was thinking if I could be like a really evil mom, I could put a bald cap on him one night when he was asleep. So when he woke up. Oh, man. Give him nightmares. So nine years ago, John gets transferred here, decides, hey, there's yeah. an opportunity here and he's here. It was, and you uprooted the family and came. Yeah, we had a really difficult time. I was in Texas yeah. with um, four kids, and the kids at that time were, three of them were teenagers, <laughs> and, and then one two-year-old. And to be honest, I kind of had a little meltdown, and I was like, listen, I have the worst of both lives. I have the responsibilities of being married and I have none of the benefits. Yeah. So this needs to change. And John had been working overseas on different contracts through the military and through private companies. And he was working really hard to support our family and to take care of us. But at one point he wasn't home for 13 months oh, straight. Man. That's rough. And, and and I know, like, I'm saying it from my side. But I can't imagine how rough it was from him because he was also away. But um, when he got offered the job with the UAE and working with the military in Abu Dhabi, he called me and he said, hey, you know, what do you think? And he was like, you know, we'd have to move. The kids would have to move. Like it's, it's a whole nother life. He's up here. I'll be there. And, I'll be there in 21 hours. And I actually, <laughs> I've never shied away from an adventure. Yeah. And I think John would give me credit for immediately saying, let's, let's go, let's try it. And I didn't know anything about the UAE. That's incredible. Nothing. I thought I was moving to somewhere outside of Saudi. Yeah. And I was thinking it would be very much like what I had pictured as a small town, Texas girl, <laughs> Saudi Arabia would be like. Okay. And I was so pleasantly surprised and I'll never forget. I moved here, um, 17 and a half hours on a plane with four kids, kids yeah. 10 suitcases. <laughs> I won't mention the airline that lost my 10 suitcases. Oh, no. I'm still angry. I still refuse to fly Nine years later, you won't fly them. <laughs> Never. Um, How did they lose all 10? And the thing was, that was all I brought. Oh, no. We didn't ship a container over. We didn't do anything. So John, in all of his wisdom, drops me off at Dubai Mall to grab some stuff for the kids and I. And Madden was with me. He was like a little over two at the time. And we were in Dubai Mall and we're in a clothing store. And you know how little kids love to jump out of the clothes yeah, yeah. to scare people? Mm -hmm. He was in the clothes. I moved over to the next one and he jumped out and he scared this woman. Oh no. And she was fully covered, Abaya Shayla. She was, and she screams <laughs> and grabs him because he kind of jumps out at her yeah. like a monkey. So she grabs him and I am terrified. I cannot believe my son's just scared this woman. And I'm just, and at the time I had really long dark hair. Uh -huh. So I come up to her and she's speaking to me in Arabic. I just start bawling, losing my mind, crying. I was like, I'm so sorry. And then she was like, oh, you don't speak Arabic English? And I was like, yes, perfect English. And she's talking to me and she asked me about, um, something I was apologizing I'm like listen I'm sorry I'm so emotional I'm just jet lagged and 
my clothes and I'm telling her the whole story and she's like oh when did you get here and I was like yesterday and she was like oh my goodness and she stopped and took me for a cup of coffee that turned into three hours <laughs> we're still friends today um, and she was like the my first introduction to local culture yeah. and my god I never want to go back like I'm so in love with it here and I hate the idea every time I go home when people talk to me and say, oh, my gosh, like, but what's it like being a woman and working in the Middle East and living there? Yeah. I'm spoiled rotten. <laughs> like, I, why would I go back? <laughs> I have everything on earth here. And it's the and opportunities I, as well. Oh, I feel you have so many great connections. It's a huge metropolitan, but metropolitan. Metro metropolitan metro metro metropolis metropolis yeah. that makes me think of a movie um, <laughs> the batman no the one the kids movie oh. with the evil guy and he always mispronounces it <laughs> and he like and he always calls it like metropolis like it's funny sorry digress that's okay um <laughs> when for me the opportunity especially as a woman has been unbelievable because everybody knows somebody yeah. that you need to know and if i need to make a connection it's one of the easiest things to do and especially you build a reputation here and when people know that you're not going to waste their time you're not going to do this they're happy to connect you with whoever you want and it makes business go so much faster and smoother yeah. than back home sometimes i think it backfires because you almost have to know somebody to get something done mm. But on the most side, I feel that the opportunity here to do business all over the world and to learn, I thought I knew global marketing when I was in the U.S. Yeah. And I didn't. I knew how to translate content from one thing to another, but I never knew how to actually change my message and adapt it for each place that I'm doing business. Mm. And I was lucky because I had this amazing diverse team at the last company that I was working with. And if we wanted to run an ad, I could pull it up and I could have someone from Syria, someone from the UK, someone from China, someone from Mexico, all look at it and tell me, no, this means this to me. I yeah. look at this. I like this. This color's wrong. And have it all... Exactly. It's pretty perfect. incredible. Like you would never get that yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. Like I, I love it. I, I love the fact that for so many things we do here, you, you kind of get this idea in our brains and they say, you know, I want to try doing this. I'm going to, I'm going to start it up. And you know, you put, put some of the things together and maybe you do it and maybe it goes for a while and it works and then situations change and things change. I mean, you, you had that with the popcorn company. Yeah. The popcorn company. And what a great idea though. I mean, what, what, oh. what was the, what, what hit your brain with that one that said, I need to do Sunny's pop. Oh my gosh. In my small town where I grew up, there was a shop. What's the name called of this small town, by the way? Corsicana. Corsicana. What, Famous give a, for how, its spruce cakes. Oh, really? And I think both the people and the pastry. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how far from a big center so that someone can get their mind into, okay, Corsicana is like, a, you know, from Fort Worth. Or Corsicana some, is an hour and a half south of Dallas. Okay. Two and a half north of Houston. All right. On the highway that connects them on okay. I-45. Right. And okay, it's, so it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's very much <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. It's, and actually a friend of mine 
from Corsicana lives in Dubai as well. Oh, wow. So awesome. she's been here, I think, five years now. And so we're the only two people. We joke we're the only two in the, with a passport. But um, I think we're definitely the only <laughs> two that have come this far. You might not far. be joking, actually. I'm, it's pretty... <laughs> I'm gonna say I don't want to say I'm not I don't trying to you know diminish Corsicana, but there's a lot of folks in the US who just don't travel out of the US. So they don't have passports. No, and I that was one of the reasons I wanted to move here. I wanted to especially if you have a big family, it was just not practical to travel yeah. anywhere. And now and thanks to the EAFL to run that back in, my kids have passport stamps that I don't have. Yeah. The boys went to China. Um, those things were absolutely incredible. Germany, like Singapore. I'm trying to remember all the places they went. And it was just, what an amazing opportunity that they wouldn't have had anywhere else. And same for me, and working for private aviation has been yeah. incredible. Going different places and, again, working with so many different people. Oh, I loved it. But Corsicana is definitely a small little town, really good people. When I was growing up there, it was a dry county. All right. So we didn't have alcohol at all. So again, felt like home. Yeah. Um, and slowly it's it's changed a lot and it's gotten a lot at the time that I was there. I think our biggest draw was a super Walmart. Nice. And that was like the hangout that really? we had as well. Like <laughs> after the Friday night football game. <laughs> hit the Walmart. Like got the parking lot. <laughs> the, the kids' favorite thing was snow cones. Oh, man. And we had to drive through snow cone stands, Lovely. which you could get alcohol in sometimes uh-huh. if you knew the right people, <laughs> <laughs> knew the password. But it's amazing. And now the sheriff of the town is an actor. Wow. And he's been in a bunch of different movies and he produces movies. And, um, is he recognizable? Would I recognize him? Um, his name is Robert Johnson. Okay, I'm going to look and him up. And I'll okay. show you some pictures of him. His, my, the role that he played that was closest to my heart was he was in the remake of Dallas. Okay. And that was everything. Because Dallas was Dallas. everything. I know. I couldn't watch the remake because I just remember Dallas. Listen, <laughs> I, I didn't watch it. You didn't watch Dallas? I didn't. Not the new one. No, no. I only watched the old That's one. That's it. I, can't, I just can't watch it. I mean, as much as I want to watch the new one, it's like, no, I just can't do it. No, it was, <laughs> that was too much of my life. Yeah. Like, I remember everything. My sorority. That was appointment TV. Like, we, you know, it's like Dallas is on. It's, it's I think everyone was glued in. Like, the Who Shot JR was heard around the world. Yeah. I remember people in China saying, Who Shot JR? Um, we actually did, my sorority did a mixer, Who Shot the Alpha Gam? At the <laughs> at the South Fork Ranch. Awesome. It wasn't nearly as impressive as it was on TV. No, it's a small yeah. little place. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even a normal size house. It was pretty small. That mansion, TV magic. Yeah. It was incredible. So how'd the popcorn come into all this? So in my little small town, there was a shop called the Popper Shop. All right. And it was owned by two of these older women that were adorable. And they used to do these gourmet popcorn flavors. And that was before cheerleader tryouts. They would always like make blue and gold, which are school colors. And you would get that as a package sent up to the school or for birthdays or for yeah. Christmas and all sorts of stuff. And we used to take it to when we went to Houston to friend's house, we used to always take it with us. And they didn't have um, a lot of flavors, but they were like 10. Okay. That's and a lot. So when I grew up, well, I had 50. <laughs> so <laughs> comparison. <laughs> When I grew up, it was always like associated with a really cool thing. And so I started making it and I started making popcorn and experimenting with it 
when I was here and it was a great snack. For I just remember kids. your kernels were giant. They were abnormally big. Uh, we imported all organic corn. Okay. Um, and that one of the things that was really important to me was if I did it, I wanted to do it right. And I wanted mm. to do it really well. And so I started like messing around with recipes and then we started bringing in like Arabic influence as well. We had the za'atar flavor and mm. we had the best one was the Eid one was my favorite. And so we brought all these in and we wanted to have something that we thought would be good here and it would be a good yeah. snack and everything. And we did it and there's a lot of lessons learned from it. I don't think that everyone should be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I would be one. I'm really good at my job. I'm really great at marketing it. I was great at making it. Yeah. I can admit those. But when it came to scalability and operations and deliveries and employees, that's where I was really weak. And yeah. it when you can't get those things right... It, you can't be successful. Mm. And so I'm lucky that we ended on a really good note. People have a really good reputation from it or memories. I still get requests every <laughs> once in a while. But, do, you, do you still um, make popcorn yourself? Do the flavors at home just every now and then? Sometimes. Whip something up? Yeah. Sometimes. I can't do the the some of the flavors that I love to do because I need like a big industrial yeah. strength machine. And I don't have that now. But... I mean, I loved it and I, I miss it sometimes. And ironically, when I went to interview for a job, the owner of the company said to me, wait a minute, you had Sunny's pop? And I'm like, hey, that's my favorite popcorn. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I got the job more for the popcorn than my actual role. And so ever since then, like, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. I definitely never want to do it again. I learned my lesson yeah. for sure. But have bittersweet memories. It was mm. great when the kids were here too. It's a lot of time. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, as an entrepreneur, it was 24 seven. I mean, you always troubleshooting and then you were at the right markets and then your distribution to the, the cinemas and around and deliveries. And you've got, you've, you've got staff and the staff have got issues, you know, where they've got families and <sighs> it was Honestly, the popcorn was the greatest piece of it. Yeah. And the people, like some of my clients are still friends of mine now. Like the connections that I made are, are amazing. And those things were the, the best part of it. Mm. But, you know, it put a lot of strain on our marriage. Mm. And when you talk about a business with anyone, you know, business is, is already hard. And then you talk about a relationship, which is already hard. And you've got teenage kids a relationship and a business rolled into one, yeah. it's it's going to be really tough. And I think it takes a lot of strength to survive that. And unfortunately, we didn't. It caused us a lot of issues because we couldn't turn off. Mm. You that, know, that's when the problem, was, right? When yeah. was work? And for us, you know, John was working full time. I was working at the shop full time. And there were days where we would have three right markets in a day. Yep. So we would be in Abu Dhabi and one morning John would be at Zabil Park and then we'd have to go to the night one in Al Barsha and we were just exhausted. And when do you, and of course, you know, when you snap at somebody yeah. Yeah. because you're tired, it turns into everything yeah. else that, that's yeah. wrong on both sides. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, you left dishes in the kitchen sink this morning and then it turns into and at the shop you didn't put the cheese away and yeah. it's it's on and on and on so it was a really really tough struggle we had some good employees i will say 
I was lucky in that aspect. I had an amazing local partner um, that supported me mm-hmm. and really helped me make sure that I was doing the right thing. And he's actually the one in the end that came to me and said, look, I know that you love this. I know that it's your passion and I know that you're having fun, but what are you getting out of it? Mm. And that's, that's, end, that's a big question. Like for someone else to notice it and to see things maybe unraveling a little bit on, on, on the seams and to say, Hey, you need to have a thought. Oh, that's big. He actually, that's sat not to his down. advantage either. No, <laughs> it, it wasn't. I mean, he ended up helping me, you know, shut it down. And, yeah. But one of the things that, and, and I really admire and respect that so much. And one of the things that he said to me is he was like, when you were working, what was your salary? And so I told him and he was like, okay, how much have you made off the shop in this time? And I was making around, we would average between two and 4,000 durhams a month profit. Yeah. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. And we're working seven days a week, sometimes more, you know, over the night. And there were times when we had orders for the cinema that we were, you know, working 24 hours a day to get them out and make sure that they were stocked in rack. And, oh, it was, it was such a great experience. Great lessons learned. Amazing lessons learned. And I had one of the interviews with the gentleman that ended up hiring me, he said to me, look, you're an entrepreneur. You have an entrepreneurial mindset. You've already had this business. He was like, what's going to keep you from coming into my business and then starting something similar or doing something? Yeah. And I told him flat out, I was like, because I don't want to be you ever again. <laughs> and I was like, I've learned my lesson. I was like, I want at the end of the month, I want that little ding in my account. And I don't have to think about it. I don't want the employees. If this yeah. place burns down, yeah. I walk away. <laughs> And, and when he started laughing, I was like, but I also know where you've been. Yeah. So I'll give you all the support in the world yeah. that I can. And nice. that's how I work now. Branding's hard, as you said. When we talk, I mean, you're, you, you like to call yourself branding obsessed. Yes. And you think across, you know, entrepreneur, aviation, you were doing events before, you played around with the EFL a little bit as well, yeah. even just as the coach, but, you know, and more and just everyone was doing stuff. Branding's hard. People don't get that. I don't think people understand what branding is mm. because most people, when I talk to them about branding, they think of a logo Yeah, and that's it. And <laughs> while, yes, that is a huge piece of the identity. And then I get upset because people think of the logo, but yet they won't spend time on how they come up with the logo instead of really looking at what will attract, what will change things, what will give the impact to my target audience. And now marketing in general has evolved so much. Mm. And my role most of the time is a 360 marketer and I have to do all of it. But branding is my passion because that is what is said about you before anyone knows anything else. If they, and if you look at Coca-Cola, they're worth more as a brand than they are as a beverage company. Mm. Nike, I would say is the same. There's, and Burger King right now, people don't understand what their, their new CMO that's doing these crazy (laughs) ads and the ad ad thing they did last year in the UK blew my mind. No, the one where they, they were, it's all Whoppers the whole year. They had Whoppers in the show on the Whopper and show on the Whopper. And they said every single ad that we had in up with the Whopper had our competition in it as well. 
And so then they, they showed how they did it. And they said, so you got the big Whopper? And then they, then they showed the making of and they moved the Whopper, Big Mac's behind it. Right. And they put oh, Big Macs nice. behind every single Whopper ad that they did in the UK last year. Everyone had a Big Mac in it, but the Whopper's bigger. So it, you couldn't see it. Which, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm telling you, this, their campaigns have been so incredible and it's created, it's built their brand again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's where people don't understand the difference between branding and marketing. Yeah. The campaigns are the marketing, right? But they're and they're building the brand. Most of the time, it's the opposite. It's where the brand is mm. building and guiding. And you look at like Hermes, you stamp that logo on it, and it's all of a sudden worth way more than yeah. than it ever was as just whatever the product was. And not to say that they don't have an incredible product, and and great quality but it's still you're paying for a name you're paying yeah. for that brand and so for me i love building brands from a subliminal standpoint uh, as well okay. i so want when people to see that name head. when they see that name they just i gotta have it yeah completely i want to think about when when we redesigned the jetx logo when i came to the company it was this yellow and black square yeah. and it said jetx flight support and I asked the owner why, and he was telling me that um, he chose the orange because he thought it was something really interesting in the industry because most of the players are gray and white and blue, and that's yeah. about it. Occasionally a touch of red. And he's right. Most of them were, and so this was a standout color, but he kept calling it orange, yeah. and I was like, it's yellow. And he goes, no, 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 the name <laughs> of the color is actually orange. And I was like, well... I was like, the first thing that they teach us is it doesn't matter what the name of something is or what you call it. It's all about perception. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I tell you the message. It's what you receive right. from the message that I'm telling you. And so, and then he kept telling me all the time they wanted me to think out of the box, think out of the box. And he pushed me really hard to do that. And I they gave like, you permission to. Oh, completely. I mean, he let me put a mock-up in Dubai Mall yeah, of a jet. That. Like, yeah, that who, Honda was pretty awesome. And, you know, he was... When I would come up with insane ideas, he was the first person to cheerlead them all the way through. And that meant a lot. And it means a lot for someone as mm. passionate as I am because I wanted I wanted everyone to know this company's name. And I can legitimately say I know I made a big impact with that. And that was something that was so important. And he kept saying, think out of the box. And I was like, but how you put your entire brand in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of the box. And No one wants to do that, though. When we started doing all of these things, and now you look at it, it's a totally different perception with the brand. Mm -hmm. And I think people that rebrand sometimes go in and make really catastrophe mistakes like gap when they rebranded then yeah. they had to go back to the original yeah. coca-cola did that at one point too they had yeah. to they had to back up and and you go back to their classic and it's yeah. amazing like it's yeah. a it's a perfect <laughs> logo. don't mess with it yeah. and yet deliveroo has done a really nice rebrand yeah. um recently well i guess it's been about two years now they did a really nice one it's cleaner it's more fun it's more funky and if you look at deliveroo and talibat as an example they offer the same exact service. I would say the same pricing. And if you are going to order, I would say a higher end meal from delivery, you're most likely going to order from Deliveroo than Talibat. Mm. 
That's mm. a brand. Yeah. That's the difference. Tell about you'll order KFC, you'll order Pizza Hut, you'll order McDonald's, you order these things. Deliveroo, you'll order Tasha's, you'll order Mesa Mathis, you'll order the other restaurants, even though they're both on both platforms. Yeah. And I think that brand recognition. If I want to get the quality of delivery, if I want it to be hot, if I want it to be on time, I, I'm going for that. Using Deliveroo, and yeah. that's, and I I don't know their stats to know honestly which one is better and more open, but I know that that one perception is there, yeah. and I think it's amazing because it's not there for just a certain group of expats. It's there for everyone. And I was talking to even another group, and we were talking about the difference between other deliveries, like Zomato. Mm -hmm. When Zomato was kind of making a bigger impact than they are now. And that was one of the first things. They're like, no, Deliveroo's number one, Talibat's number two, then Zomato. Why? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. And, and yet, it, that's all about branding, and that's the mm -hmm. power of what it can do and what it can be yeah. for somebody. It, it always takes me back that that if you can get people to just associate with that brand so that no matter what, they'll just carry through with it. And a great story when uh, Kevin Roberts, you know, he got himself into trouble with being very, very sexist at, at some point, but great, great brand thinker. Uh, and, and he was talking about, you know, he worked for Johnson & Johnson for a long time. And he's talking about the brand. And he's just talking about, you know, he's, he... He's talking about some of the branding that he played with and some of the branding that affects him. And I always remember his story talking about his, the shampoo he uses and he uses head and shoulder shampoo. And he says, it doesn't matter. And I'm, and I was sitting across from him and he was talking about this and reiterating the story. He's like, John, he's got no hair, but he, he is obsessed with the brand. Yeah. And he, and I, and I said, well, why? And he goes, I don't know. But it just, it, it hits me. And I, you know, maybe as I work so long for the company and I work so long around along this product and it's the identification. And, but if I'm standing at a rack and I can get, you know, XYZ brand for, you know, five Durham's cheaper, I'm still going for the head and shoulders. And he doesn't have any hair. So he doesn't, he could go for any brand. Oh, completely. <laughs> I, I think that there are brand impacts. For me, every baby smells like that Johnson and Johnson oh, yeah. baby lotion, the yeah. one in the pink yeah. bottle. Yeah. Every baby smells. That is the baby smell. <laughs> that is. And it's, it's a brand smell. It is. A hundred percent. Babies don't smell like that. Trust me. But that's the smell that it, the minute you smell that, you're like, yeah. oh, fresh new baby. Yeah. What an amazing yeah. job that was. Yeah. Um, Kleenex. Oh, man. I don't refer to tissues as tissue except for here. Yeah. They're a Kleenex. <laughs> it's a Kleenex. A Q-tip. Yeah. Like all of these have Band become synonymous. Band-aid, yeah. What do they call them here? Plasters. Plasters. Yeah, I always plaster. think of a guy Me like too. doing a wall. <laughs> They're doing the cracks on the wall. Yeah. Plaster that thing up. <laughs> I never think of a little nick on my foot. But now when you look at like the the brands that are synonymous and how do you build that yeah. now? How do you get that message in there? For me, I worked for Dermalogica for a while and the product, the branding was, was very simple and very clinical, which is what it was supposed to be. Yeah. But it didn't communicate on the sides of, of the knowledge. It made it look almost generic yeah. versus, you know, scientific and like this amazing product. And I'd still argue that they need a rebrand. 
Uh, I think they do actually. Oh, it's, it's, it's too clinical. It is. And it's, for me, this I understand that what the founder of the company was trying to communicate, but again, it goes back to the perception. That may be her perception, yeah. but is it the perception of the target audience right. that you have? Because if I walk into a store and I have a selection of all of the skincare products, I'm not going to choose it. Other than because I know so much about the product from working for the company, mm. I do because I believe in it. But now my favorite marketing is Huda oh, yeah. when it comes to beauty. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. She's done unbelievable. And her campaigns. Huda Catan. Huda yeah. Beauty. Check her out. She's yeah. First of all, I love the products. I, I her want- and her sister. Her sister is the marketing genius. Oh, I mean, Huda, Huda's great with stuff, but her sister is the marketer and the brander. Like she's the one who really is playing with it. I mean, they, they're a team and they, they work well as a team, but wow. Yeah. They, some of the things that they have done, one, I love the products. So that's, you know, already point one. But the fact that I wouldn't have tried them if they weren't, the way they're packaged yeah. weren't a little bit different and, and every single piece is a little bit more special. Yeah. But then when I started to notice the campaigns, I was so impressed <laughs> and I love like even the, the little names of the products. NARS always had really fun kind of cheeky names, but they bordered on a little raunchy. Yeah. It has always stayed like with the fun, but never going down that far. And right. it's just, Oh, I love it. They've done such an amazing job. If, if if someone out there, what would be your dream product, dream service, dream thing to to go in and help them redo their branding? What would it be? What would be the dream one? Oh my gosh! Globally, I honestly I would do Dermalogica. Okay. Because I think it's such. I think it has so much more potential, and I think it's continuing to slide down mm-hmm. when it could be like really at the top of it, like for beauty. Yeah. When it comes into the other spaces, honestly, my my dream goal of doing anything in the world would be to take over the experience in airports and to start branding airports. And DXB has started to do this already, and they're starting to do a good job, but... I would take it a step further to where the airport became a destination. You need to have a chat with Lauren Riley. We we hook you up. Lauren Riley, excellent guy. Dubai airports. He's the director of communication over there. You need to have a chat with him. I absolutely, I love what they're doing. And there's a connection between you and Lauren, by the way. There is? Yeah. So he's from Northern Ontario, Canada. Country singer. No. Yeah. Look him up on uh, Spotify, Lauren Riley. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We could have a duet in the airport. <laughs> How amazing! He's trending right now. Actually, he's 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 big and is is you know he's going to kill me for telling this, but he he really wants to you know he's a musician anyway. Yeah. But he really wants to break into the the songwriting gig for country music and that in the U.S. So oh, he's, I think he's, that's he's already, he's got some of his stuff on Nashville out of, out in the states on the radio out there. So just. Just, but that's his goal is to write songs, not to really perform them. But anyway, anyway, he's do I airports. We got to, we got to hook you guys up. I would love to, because for me, the, the biggest brand of all that I want yeah. is the UAE. There we go. I literally want to take them back to the West, back to the U S and, and show them what they've, what they are. Build on here. the strength already. Yeah. We got to wrap up. Sunny, okay, this has gone so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I don't know where the time went. It just. 
kind of disappeared on it us. It took too long <laughs> to catch up. <laughs> too much. We have to do this again. And, and we, you know, and, and maybe just get come over for dinner. Yeah, that please. Be, that would be kind of fun too, you know. I'll invite you guys over. We'll have some Texas food. Well, we eat a lot of, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> You've turned us on to all that stuff too. You know, we got the Kansas Rotel around and we got this, the, all right. you know, I got the Cholula in the fridge. We're ready to go. Speaking of which, have you had brisket from Matsar Farms? No. <gasps> Change so your life. There's a whole bunch more to talk about. Change your life. Sunny Landros is who I've been talking to. This is Catching Up. Potaholics is how you're listening to us. Coming to you from the podcast suite at the Rove Hotel downtown in Dubai. Music by archesaudio.com. You want to find out more about us? Simple. Just Google Potaholics with a K and you're going to love what you hear. We're going to do it all again real soon. You've been listening to Catching Up right here on Potaholics. <laughs>